Hello, my friend, and welcome to this solo episode of A Call to Leadership. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, your host. I'm so glad you're here. On this episode, we're going to talk about something so dear, so important for leadership, leadership vision. What does it mean to have true vision, to be a visionary leader? Are they among us? Are you a visionary leader? We're going to unpack and uncover the capabilities, the traits, the ways that visionary leaders not only emerge, but actualize a vision of a better future for you and for me. Why it's so important that we embrace leadership with tremendous vision and reject toxic, cancerous, narcissistic leaders that are causing a deep crisis in our journey to explore and expand progress in the human condition. My friend, this is a plight that's near and dear to my heart. And I know as you emerge and you grow as a leader, you understand it too. You see the devastation, the tragedy in leadership around us when it truly epically fails. Perhaps it's failed in your family. Perhaps it's failed in your community, in your religious environment, your spiritual community, perhaps in politics, perhaps in your own walk. I know that I've not always walked in a sense of unity with my vision that is not only shared, but best for those who I'm called to steward and shepherd. And so the best part about that is that because we still have breath in our lungs, it's not over. We can still make a difference in our lives and more importantly, the lives of those around us. So don't give up as long as you have air to breathe. Know that there is possibility. There's always hope. And so that is really a foundation for visionary leadership. If you've thought about the word visionary leadership, maybe you think you are one. You might be surprised. You might find that, oh no, I don't have the capacity or the capabilities currently. You might be surprised to find out that you actually do. What is a visionary leader? Well, we've got to start with leadership. Leadership in and of itself. What is leadership? Well, we talk about leadership on the show a lot. And if you've listened to the show, you've heard me talk about the fact that leadership, of course, involves influence. And influence, however, is not the only aspect of leadership because we as leaders must first be influenced. We must be discoverers of a better future through following and learning and observing. And so the very first aspect of visionary leadership that I want to discuss with you today is that aspect we call curiosity. Visionary leaders have an insatiable curiosity. What does insatiable mean? It just means that it can't be quenched. It's unending. And so this idea of curiosity breeds a deep desire to learn. Are you the kind of person who can't stop learning, always wanting to gain more and more tools and resources for your tool belt, expanding your knowledge for the possibilities. Something in my own life is I love to learn. And whether it's a book, whether it's a YouTube video, whether it's some type of information that I'm consuming, but not just for the sake of consumption, but for the sake of application. You see, it's only so good to simply consume, but are we applying? Are we pragmatically utilizing what we've learned and putting it into practice because that's the true sense of operationalizing your learning. So as a person who is curious, be curious in a way that actually moves the needle forward in your life. So applying what you've learned 
is not just a way to quench the curiosity. It's a way to grow and help others to grow as well. So the way I love to use curiosity is when I've learned something, I go teach it. In fact, if you have trouble retaining, one way to retain is to simply share. You continue to share and share and share again in different contexts, whether it be sending a text message to a friend, posting something on social media, having a conversation with a loved one or a colleague, and explaining that concept that you've learned. This begins to integrate it more bound, if you will, more embedded in your long-term memory so that it's available for you in the future. So this idea of curiosity is such a hallmark, a benchmark of visionary leaders. You think of visionary leaders like an Elon Musk, constantly curious about what can be and that what can be drives the senses to wonder, is the status quo enough? See, that's another hallmark of visionary leadership. Am I satisfied with the way things are? If you say, yes, I'm satisfied, I'm completely happy with the way things are, then perhaps visionary leadership isn't something that you're considering. But if you believe that the status quo is unsatisfactory, not only unsatisfactory, but it's unsustainable, what does that mean, the status quo? It means that the way things are currently done, the norm, if you believe that we can strive so much higher, we have so much more ability, then you're not satisfied with the status quo. You want to grow. You want to maximize the potential of your life and the lives of those around you. You tend to look at life as though every moment is precious. And one day, I won't have any moments left, so I have to consider all of the ways that I can create progress and improve the condition of existence, not necessarily with my own hands and by myself, but with the labor of others. Sometimes I get to lead, sometimes others lead. So uh, what I'm saying is this second aspect after curiosity is identifying something's wrong with this picture. It's not the best possible scenario for me and for those I'm called to lead. It takes belief to assert that you know that things can be better and you're not satisfied. That doesn't mean you're not content. You can still be content in the moment yet not satisfied with what can be. And what I mean by content in the moment, that just means that I live in gratitude. I live in appreciation. So that contentment is a sense of peace and security. While at the same time, I know that there's room to grow. And I can approach that with this mindset, which is the third concept is that I will challenge the status quo. In other words, you can say that the status quo is not enough, but you may never challenge it. In other words, you stay in your zone and say, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Well, a visionary leader will challenge the status quo. A visionary leader will say that I reject it in favor of going the distance. If you're that kind of person, you may be a visionary leader. I'll give you an example. Back to Elon Musk, when he thought, I've talked about this before on the show, these rockets are You throw away a rocket after you use it. This is crazy. We need reusable rockets. Why? Because if we're ever going to leave our planet and go to Mars or leave the solar system, we need better technology. And that better technology, he considered the reusable rocket. He said, it is insane for a person to throw away an airplane after one flight, yet we do it with rockets. So he challenged the status quo. You see this all around you with visionary leaders. You saw it with Martin Luther King Jr. I talk about him on the show a lot. 
he's challenged the status quo. He said that the way it is currently is unacceptable. We have to do better. We must have civil rights. Every day we challenge the status quo. And if you do it in a way that's productive, that leads people to a better future state, why? Because you're solving problems rather than starting problems. This challenging the status quo actually turns into a positive momentum. I'll give you an example of a momentum that's not positive. Challenging the status quo, say, for example, in most recent times as this recording of this episode is in the war-torn city of Gaza as it's getting bombed. A militant group, of course, Hamas, is fired many, many missiles and created just launched attacks on Israel and has started a massive incursion and is Gaza, as right in the moment, is being demolished, sadly, so tragically. And I wonder, if you think about this type of leadership, is this leadership, the challenging the status quo, does it lead to progress? And currently, as it stands, it leads to total destruction. It's not leading to progress. It's leading to a worse future state. You say, well, wasn't the state bad already? Yeah, but it's not getting any better. It's getting worse with no access to food or water, with people dying in the streets, with no access to medical. It's a horrific sight. This is not the idea of visionary leadership. It's not working toward bettering the state of its people. It's not a challenging the status quo that leads to progress. It leads to misery. When we're talking about the status quo and leading to the progress of status quo, What we're doing is saying, let's find a solution that is for the betterment of the people who are affected. And so visionary leaders will seek out to communicate what that better future state is every day. Of course, it's not enough just to speak it. You have to speak it with passion, with conviction. This is the model of the visionary leader, someone who says with their deepest heart, that we will overcome these obstacles together. Think about passion for empowerment and change. Right? Think about individuals in your own life who have been emboldened by helping to illuminate a state that's so much better than the current state. It might be a parent. It might be a colleague. It might be a spouse, someone in your own life. I know that when I was growing up, My mom was so passionate. She had great conviction about providing for my needs. She was a single mom before my brother and sister were born. She was a single mom for many years. And I watched that passion, that conviction, that vision for her and her son to be able to live in dignity. My mother was born on a refugee camp on the east side of the Jordan River in 1948. Of course, my parents are immigrant Palestinians. And of course, as I spoke about that situation earlier, it's near and dear to my heart. And I hope we can find peace through diplomacy, through servant leadership. I believe it's possible. And I believe that there's answers out there. And we have to find leaders who can see truth, who can see humility, who can see self-sacrifice, not by strapping a bomb to your chest, but by walking in obedience to the ways of God and not capitulating to hate, to anger, 
to rage and malice. That's the kind of passion I'm talking about that doesn't work. The kind of passion and conviction that does work with visionary leadership is the kind of passion that is collectively, decidedly going to help people to flourish. In fact, I love the servant leadership model of visionary leadership. And I love Robert Greenleaf's approach to it. And he's the author, if you will, of the modern servant leadership model and from the 1970s. And what Greenleaf said was the litmus test of servant leadership are those who are being served, are they wiser? Are they freer? Are they healthier? Are they more autonomous? And if the answer is yes, then we may be embarking on servant leadership. Of course, there's a vision component in that. And what of the least in society? Are they at least no longer further deprived? Boy, that's a big one. And when you begin to identify how we are functioning as leaders, no doubt in my mind that there is a sense of purpose and passion that goes alongside of that with improving the human condition. Of course, I talked about communication, but I want to talk about effective communication. Visionary leaders are able to articulate and communicate their vision in such a way that creates imagery, a story, if you will, that allows the follower, the non-leader, the person who is drawn into that story, to see themselves in that story and to be able to take part in true belief in making that story real. This is a hallmark of visionary leaders. If you're the kind of person who can tell a compelling story and invite others to join you in that story, to suspend their own reality and join you in creating a new shared reality, you may be a visionary leader. You may have some capabilities to that. Think of a Walt Disney who was able to embolden a story when he was working on the Snow White project in the 1930s. Stories of him going around the studio and acting out and speaking out the entire story for hours of this picture that, by the way, had never been done. It had never been done. A full-length animated movie was truly innovative. And so what he had to do was effectively communicate this story, articulate the vision of the future in such a compelling way where there was excitement, where there was a fervor, where there was not only buy-in, but true belief in the joint and collective effort to make this vision real. Can you do that? If you haven't done that, practice telling a story about how the future is different than today and why it's better and why each individual is important to that journey. Because you must share how and why each person is important. And it may just be one person. It may be your significant other. You may have a fiance and your fiance is curious about how you envision the future. Draw it out in your mind. Illuminate it through your words. Discuss how the future us is better than the current us. The things we're going to do in life, the ways we're going to interact with the world, how we're going to grow together. When I was newly wed with my wife, I would talk about that often. I still do. How we would hold hands as we got old into the sunset of life and everything along the way, how we would embark together 
how we would gauge life, engage the future with passion, with purpose, with meaning, with value. Describe that imagery. That is effectively communicating how you and those who you are called to walk alongside of in leadership can share a way that moves you forward, that motivates you. Don't share a boring, useless, wasteful vision of the future. Share a compelling, attractive, worthwhile, achievable vision of the future. And not only with your mouth, but with your actions, with your heart, with your mind and spirit, so that others recognize that you will not stop until you've accomplished all that you set out to do collectively. Be that person. And don't just do it with your heart, with your emotions. Do it with your head. Because visionary leaders are also strategic thinkers. They're not just focused on the far out. You know, many people confuse visionary leaders and say they're always focused on the big picture. The big picture is a very small part of the visionary leader process. In fact, if I were to quantify it, I would say the big picture is perhaps 10% at most of the entire focus of a visionary leader's direction. The other 90% plus is on strategic planning and strategic action. So we have vision, we have strategy, and we have action. And so the strategic thinker in you must emerge, have the visionary strategic mindset. You have to map out a plan to turn your vision into reality. Think of a Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon who had an amazing foresight to recognize the potential of e-commerce. And he strategically built Amazon into one of the world's largest online retail platforms. How did he do that? Well, he was working as a hedge fund manager, and he saw this thing called the internet in the early 90s begin to grow and scale at 3,000%. And he thought, wow, this is moving so quickly. I'm going to quit my hedge fund job. And I'm going to figure out a way to get involved with this internet thing. So he launches a business and he decides to have this business sell books, mostly to college students, to get in the door and begin to strategize on how I can begin to build a consumer base. And slowly he grows that base and he begins to sell other products. But part of the challenge was, is that Shipping was expensive, and he had to overcome the major obstacle, the major pain point, the industry pain point of shipping costs. And when he was able to do that, he was then able to actualize his vision and grow and grow and grow. And here was his large vision. Large vision was, I want to be the Walmart of the internet. That's a pretty big vision for a little bookseller in the early 90s to the mid-90s. 1% to 2% margins is what he said. I want to have mass distribution. I want to be the low-cost leader. I want to always have two things going where I have Amazon that is always getting packages to their destinations faster and cheaper, and I'm going to execute on that. See, it's not enough to have a vision alone. The vision is great, right? Walmart or the internet. Okay, great. Fantastic vision. You might know someone who just lives in the vision zone and has all these lofty ideas, always saying about Hey, we should try this. Hey, we should try that. Hey, what do you think about this, right? That person is not a visionary leader. They may have vision, but it's really more ideas. And those are what we call dreams. And a dream unexecuted is just that. It's just a dream. You must be a strategic thinker 
You must be a thinker, first of all. And you must have clear, articulate strategy that you can help others to join you in executing, that you can clearly communicate, that you are focused. And I mean laser focused. Visionary leaders are laser focused. They're not aloof. They're not cloudy. They have great clarity and clarity is power. So a visionary leader is going to say, I am so focused that I'm going to say no to almost everything. This is a Warren Buffett thing. If you haven't heard that episode, it'll be in the show notes. My my episode on Warren Buffett, I talked about three of those aspects that he considered were successful people. But he said that the difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything. And that is also, I can use the terminology of visionary leaders. Visionary leaders say no to almost everything. You say, well, don't they say yes to a lot because don't they have to try many things? Don't misunderstand. When I say no to almost everything, it's almost everything that is beyond the peripheral vision of my vision, of my lane. You say, even Steve Jobs said it like this, having focus is saying no to things you would absolutely love to do. Why? Because they take you away from your vision. They move you away. They're more of a distraction. That's essentially what Michael Hyatt said, is that uh, distractions come showing up on your doorstep, masquerading as opportunities. And the only way to tell the difference is to do what? Is to measure them against your vision. Those are just a few aspects of the visionary leader. Now, you might say, Nate, man, I am completely blown out of the water. I have none of these traits and characteristics. You might say, Nate, I've got some of them. You might say, Nate, I am just like on fire These are all me. No matter where you land, recognize this. You don't have to necessarily be a visionary leader to have vision. You don't have to be a visionary leader to be a wonderful follower. You don't have to be a visionary leader to be an amazing integrator or implementer. You don't have to always be the one with vision. Sometimes you are and sometimes you're not. And that's okay too. My philosophy is follow, lead, repeat. Sometimes if I have trouble creating vision that is inspiring that is in a way influential as we talk about leadership i need to go back to discovery you know if i said leadership is discovery of influence toward and achievement of shared purpose if i'm having trouble influencing and achieving then i need to go back to discovering and sometimes i will discover a better path sometimes i'll discover i just need to follow and that's all right too sometimes i just follow i love to follow i'm not always leading sometimes it's nice just to sit in the back seat And let someone else lead. It's totally okay for that. But step up when it's your turn up at bat. Step up when it's your turn to lead, when it's your turn to rise to the occasion so that others will join you in your worthy cause. Whether you're a visionary leader, whether you're a leader, whether you're a follower. Well, my friend, I am so thrilled that you joined me on this episode of A Call to Leadership. And before you go to the next episode, especially if you're binge listening, take a moment. I would love to get your honest review right here on your screen. Your feedback is so important. It helps the podcast. It encourages me and it helps me. It helps me to give you more and more and more value. So I can't wait to read your review. I can't wait to be with you on the next episode. I'm Dr. Nate Sala. This is a call to leadership.